0: Joining us for this podcast series from Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. We'll be taking a close look at the issues that impact on the cases the barristers deal with in court. If you're a barrister at another chambers or if you're thinking about becoming a barrister, you'll be interested in our special podcast about the working lives of the barristers at Citadel Chambers. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a range of experts from Citadel, from Queen's Council through to their junior barristers. They can all be contacted via the Citadel website, citadelchambers.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Before his recent appointment as Queen's Counsel, he was a Grade 4 prosecutor on the Fraud and Serious Organised Crime Panels and was authorised to prosecute for the SFO on Panel A. In August 2008, he was appointed as Standing Counsel to the Revenue and Customs Prosecutions Office. He most recently prosecuted the largest criminal fraud case ever brought to court by HM Revenue and Customs, Operation Amazon, before Southwark Crown Court in 2017. So, Tim Hannan, welcome!
1: (laughs) Good afternoon. Hi.
0: So, are we seeing a lot more fraud at the moment?
1: I think that, on one view, um, dishonesty and fraud is a constant in society. It's always been there and it always will be because it's, I suppose, it's part of the human condition. Um, But we're certainly seeing different types of fraud. Um, Different kinds of fraud sort of have their day over different periods of time in in the um, early to mid-90s, it was VAT fraud on mobile phones and carousel frauds and missing trader frauds. And then that becomes more known by the authorities and more difficult to pull yeah. off or the rules are changed. And then you get into fraud on pharmaceuticals or into carbon credits and then that market was shut down. And so the criminals are just pushed away from their current um, area of, of, of um, comfort if you like in their comfort zone and they're 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 moved on to to practice somewhere else and so we see in the media at the moment huge amounts of online scamming of phishing of of uh, an example this week i had a text saying that i had to click on the link to sign up for my new covid pass otherwise i'd be committing an offense and be liable for a fine and it looked very much like an nhs text but it's plainly bogus and nonsense. Clever, though.
0: (laughs) Clever, interesting,
1: you know, and it only takes a few willing, um, I was about to say willing idiots, that's not fair. People who are perhaps (laughs) more gullible than they ought to be to click on something like that, um, um, they've got you. Um, So, fraud is a constant, but its form changes over time and in a world of increasing online e-commerce and um, shopping and contact you know via email and on the web it's 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 just morphing into that area at the moment.
0: No absolutely I think we've all seen lots of that but do you think there's been particularly more because of the whole Covid
1: fallout? I think Um, possibly because there's been more online retail which is itself a vehicle for fraud mm -hmm. and scams so that's certainly the case but then of course there's the Um, government help um, that's been provided because of Covid, so the furlough schemes and the um, loans on attractive rates and on attractive terms, all of that. I mean, you you, you read many articles in the press about it. There's, There's said to be a total of, what, £5 billion in fraud that's been committed Arising purely out of COVID and directly related to that government assistance, yes, and and we're told by HMRC, and this is where I think there will be um, a a flowering of, of of work for the criminal courts. We're told by HMRC that they are very keen to. Um, chase those fraudsters aggressively people are encouraged to grass people up when um, HMRC gets wind of such a fraud I think it's far more likely that they will investigate and prosecute it because there's a real public interest there isn't there in in making it appear um, expensive um, to the fraudsters to to embroil Im- Im- themselves in, in, in behaviour like that.
0: But do you think um, with this sort of fraud actually a lot of it isn't um, sort of sophisticated fraudsters it's people um, probably trying to make something in a difficult situation yeah, I mean, it, the, do you end up prosecuting people that probably aren't the people they're really trying to go after. Well, in the long I, I mean, or, what do you r- think?
1: Relatively unsophisticated fraud in terms of stealing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of pounds in furlough money whilst you're still employing your staff isn't in and of itself particularly sophisticated necessarily, but it's still a lot of money. It's a serious fraud in and of its own right. And um, these um, business people who have Um, Behaved in that manner, the public might think ought to have to pay it back. They've certainly um, made a profit or stolen a commercial advantage at the expense of their competitors who may have been complying Mm. with the law. So it's it's likely not to be the um, highly sophisticated and concealed fraud that you might see in certain tax schemes or international money laundering. But that doesn't mean it's not important and not serious. And I I think condign sentences might follow a conviction... For crimes like that, especially when you you know you get beyond the tens yeah. of thousands and into the hundreds of thousands, yeah, which isn't absolutely. beyond That's not small yeah, amounts of money. Absolutely, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's significant stuff.
0: But is it at all about policing, really? And I don't mean policing as in men in uniform. Mm. I mean just generally the ability to chase after all this fraud, because it seems to be one of the well, from an outsider's mm. point of view, it seems to be sort of one of the key places that crime's happening. And is there really the resource to go after these people and follow these cases through?
1: I think. Um, There are areas of of, um, law enforcement and um, of the CPS that are dedicated to investigating this type of sophisticated and complex crime. So it's not right to say that these frauds are becoming too big to prosecute. It is right to say, I think, that you've got to pick your target because some of them are so massive and so resource-intensive that that there has to be an exercise in prioritising. You can't sensibly mm. prosecute every single one. Um, the the cases I'm looking at at the moment were crimes that were committed four, five, six years ago. Right. Uh, and um, in, in some cases, charges have yet to be preferred. And the reason it's taken that long... It's because there is so much material generated in an enterprise like that. If it's a conspiracy between several people, the amount of electronic material that can be created really as part of the smokescreen, if it's a fraud that's purportedly run behind the cover of a a significant and complex business, the amount of data that something like that generates just takes time to slog your way through and and then you have to you know, the, these things don't come with a pre-written plan that's available for the investigation. <laughs> Wouldn't that some, be
0: good if it did? Some <laughs> poor so-and-so
1: has got to sit there actually work and it out, and it's not straightforward.
0: But isn't computer programming now and coding actually helping with that? Do they, because you know, your bank contact, you go abroad, and, like you, you spend some money on your card, and suddenly the bank saying, "No, we're not going to pay it." Is this actually you? It, 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 it's uh, increased. It,
1: it's increased the amount of data that's there to be examined, mm. and it's banking data. It's it's emails and internet data, um, it's um, telephone, not the content of telephone calls, but the fact of telephone calls from the billing and from cell sites and all of these things. There's a huge amount of data. Um, so, yes, there's, there's more evidence upon which law enforcement can rely. But they've got to be in a position to interrogate it sensibly. And where I think many of these cases are made more difficult and sometimes fail, is because investigators and indeed lawyers don't know how to interrogate a body of data with precision in a way that's accurate and auditable and capable of being reproduced and also something that identifies the relevant from the irrelevant. I mean, if you'd printed out all of the data that was seized on the computers in Operation Amazon, it was about seven terabytes. Oh, my goodness. And if that was printed out on A4 sheets of paper, it would be a stack of paper 238 kilometres high.
0: Goodness so me. So how
1: do you drill into that and find the smoking gun that you need? Because all frauds at their heart are inherently simple. There's yes, a there's a lie no complexity. that's told at the, at the core. It's just a lie. The difficulty is proving who told it or who knew that it was being told. And that's how, and that's why, um, you need to be able to drill into that data. Now, there is software that will do it. There's very, very good software that can learn and can search for things, not just through search terms, which is sort of almost old, old hat these days, but contextual searching, having the machine learn to understand the sort of document that you're after. It's all there, it's all doable. It's often employed in civil fraud cases because there's the money there to, yeah. to, 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 to fund its deployment. Um, but you, you still find um, units within law enforcement who are perhaps not right on top of their game or, 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 or focus solely on that sort of work who are seeking to interrogate several computers In a way that's almost guaranteed not to get the result that they want. It will hit loads of irrelevant stuff. Yes. They'll spend weeks reading stuff they never needed to, and they still won't be able to say there's that document there, Mm. there's a duplicate on this other computer, and lo and behold it was emailed to somebody else on a third computer. They won't be able to look at the whole piece. And, And that's where I think they need to focus resources. They need to have the software that's reliable, to drill into the data that they are inevitably going to end up having to, to look at. Mm. So, yeah.
0: now I'm interested as well because you brought up the civil aspect there, and, and the thing about fraud is that people can choose to go yeah. down the criminal or yeah. the civil routes. In business, do you think people are choosing to either drop it because they're worried about reputation and the difficulties, as you, you've mm. described, of prosecution, or do you think they should be following these up more? I think because it depends how, there needs to be well, a detention. Apparent, really. Which way are you so. looking at
1: it? I mean, if they are going to sue the fraudster and it's in their commercial interests to recover a mm-hmm. large sum of money, then in the civil courts you, 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 you see very large actions um, alleging fraud mm-hmm. that would ultimately result in a, a payout to the claimant, um, the, the, the claimant would hope. Bringing criminal cases privately um, is a different kettle of fish and, and there, it's it's obviously being done to... Or sometimes, I suppose, almost with the publicity of being seen to do so. It is a deterrent and it's intended to... Um, uh, uh, ..cause fear of, 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 of real, you know, yeah. imprisonable punishment in, 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 in the fraudster. And whilst it's perfectly possible for a private individual or company to bring a private prosecution... I, I think sometimes those who are contemplating that, or certainly the accountants within their, yeah. uh, their, their, <laughs> their business, the looking, at, oh, yeah. what are we actually going to get out of this at the end of? Yes,
0: the it's it's,
1: um, it, 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 it's um, potentially expensive, albeit it may be w- money well spent if the case is strong enough and, and sufficiently straightforward to prosecute. But but as prosecutor, you are then subject to a a number of obligations towards the public interest if you like that you wouldn't necessarily be subject to if you were simply suing someone in the yeah. in the civil courts um and um, when it comes to recouping your costs there's provision to do that there's of course provision to do that you could um, not only um seek um, certain types of costs order um you can um seek compensation um you, you may indeed be able to go to confiscation, albeit that would be money that was then kept by the state rather than for the benefit of the private individual Mm. that's bringing the prosecution. Um, So there are differences, but but both sides are are possible. I think in the insurance industry, in the cash for crash world, for example, as I understand it, um, uh, private prosecutions have been brought um, but they've also been brought in, in, in close consultation with, with particular areas of law enforcement as well. Right. Because I, I think, well, you know, as, as an independent lawyer who'd be perfectly prepared to prosecute such a case with an element of sadness, I think that there are cases which may have represented big wins and, and may have been relatively low-hanging fruit as well. They could have been prosecutions that it was perfectly um, possible to bring that haven't been brought... Because I think the, um, the civil lawyer instructed by the business perhaps looks at the criminal world and thinks, that isn't something I, I particularly do. understand, yeah. that yes. isn't something I do. And I don't want to take on the extra obligation of being a prosecutor in the name of the Crown. Um, I don't want to take that on for my civil client, who, if he does have um, a target who um, is a subject with means... Might simply be able to pay out on the civil claim rather than the criminal.
0: Yeah, so they'd go for that yeah. option. So, how do you think the whole um, sort of prosecution of fraud could be improved? What, what is there any areas you feel could be or, or it could be improved immediately, or in the future you could see actually improving with sort of development of technology and so I, on?
1: I think what's happening at the moment is is to be encouraged in the CPS in that the. The CPS is insisting that cases that are brought to it for a charging decision have been properly investigated already by that stage uh, by law enforcement. So. Um, it used to be the case that a, a, a decision on charge may be made and almost the an investigation still going on. Yeah. That's bad practice and that's stopped. It's it's all front-loaded work now. Right. The file is presented and no-one's going to be charged unless the investigatory ducks it all in a row. So that's a good change, um, and I, I applaud that. But I go back to what I said about having the proper tools to analyse the information you've got. So many cases founder on... Um, an ineffective trawl of the evidence, so you don't have the best evidence. But also, and as importantly in the criminal sphere, they found her on disclosure, because the prosecution has to make available um, to the defence all material that it holds that either undermines the prosecution case or uh, assists any defence that's known about it at, at, at that time. Um, and in order to perform that role properly, you have to know what you've got you've got to be able to list everything in the first place um, so I think there is um, is a real area for improvement I don't think from what I've seen in the past couple of years that law enforcement is sufficiently well equipped with the software and the expertise it needs to deal with disclosure properly.
0: So going forward, eventually, do you think there should be a specialist fraud court and a specialist fraud um, unit? Because it, with cyber, it is just growing and
1: growing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it depends what you mean by that. I, th- I think um, in terms of the court real estate, or well, the court real estate is in a parlous um, state of disrepair at the moment anyway, for because of years of lack of investment. But putting that aside... Um, Fraud cases, any big case of organised crime needs a courtroom with sufficient space to fit people in and to have the IT in it that enables the um, effective presentation of evidence. It needs mm. screens, it needs interactive machines, it, it needs a, a way of presenting to a jury who are now used to looking at really complex things described brilliantly for them on the telly? You know, they yes, don't. Yes, that's true. That's what they, COVID's they, done. Absolutely, they, 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 they're not going to <laughs> welcome piles and piles of paper. And indeed, that that is is, is no longer really the way. But it needs a, a, a court centre that is capable of presenting complex electronic evidence in a way that's fit for the 21st century. And we don't have that everywhere. Even our designated court centres aren't brilliant yet at doing Mm -hmm. that. So that's the real estate. Should there be another way of trying these cases? I think the subtext of the question was, should we still have juries trying these cases? I very much think we should. Because as I said moments ago, at the heart of every case, there is a simple lie and there's no reason why, in a serious case like that, a defendant shouldn't be judged by his or her peers. I, I don't think it's um, desirable at all to have professional courts, judges yeah. and, and a professional panel um, dealing with uh, cases like this. It's not necessary. Juries can get it. Yeah. it, it it's if, if, if it's prosecuted effectively, if the case is, paired back to its essentials in the way that it should be. If extraneous detail is lost, and if you focus on the core lie, juries get it. I think they got it in Amazon and I have to say, at the beginning of that case, it was of such complexity, I did think, you know, is this is this gonna work? Are they yeah, gonna get it? I can imagine that and, and it was a nine month trial. I have to say, after, you know, a few days of, you know, 12 pairs of eyes looking at you like rabbits in the headlights they that the penny began to drop because our process requires us to look at the same issue from different angles there's a degree of repetition and it sinks in and and not even by the end of that trial within a couple of weeks of it starting there was real expertise in the case growing within that jury and um, it, it, it's it's worth reading the closing words of Mr Justice Edis in that case, as he then was, who who made this observation. Some might say that juries shouldn't try yes. cases of this type, uh, and he observed that had those people with that view seen this jury at work, they, they wouldn't have. Um, held to that view, it was obvious that this jury could do it. I think juries can so I wouldn't change the system to that extent
0: Well that's very reassuring from <laughs> the general public, no, that's great Well thank you so much Tim, that's been really really helpful and if anybody um, wanted to get in touch with you that would be on LinkedIn or on the Citadel Shapers website That's wouldn't correct, it? yes if they yeah, yeah. Yeah. So haven't wanted to ask any further questions Alright, thank you so much for your time Thank you so much for joining us This podcast was brought to you by Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers in this podcast episode, then please visit our website, citadelchambers.com. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please talk to us directly to obtain professional advice.